0: the terror infamy mm-hmm. we have on deck this week episode seven of the terror which was called uh my perfect world a uh, super interesting episode really in depth and boy this series continues to be just absolutely on par when it comes to the technicalities but first let me introduce my co-host i have with me kinte today kinte how are you
1: I'm doing good. I'm happy to be here.
0: Awesome. So we got into a a bit of a kind of deep dive here from uh, this week's episode with some real world situations that are kind of terrible and horrible all by themselves. And again, just a further exploration of what this story with, uh, with Chester and what his past is really revealing and what that might mean, what it might mean for this series, for this particular uh, season in the series overall, which I have some interesting ideas on, and I hope I get to share those too. So let me, let me just quickly ask you, what was your take of this episode overall? Did you like it? Were you impressed by it? What did you think about it?
1: No, I thought it was good. Uh, I don't think it was as good as the one the week before, but it was good.
0: It's interesting because I think the week before will stand out a bit, uh, mainly because of the uh, the the peeling back, if you will, of a veneer. And underneath what we got was Yuko's backstory, which was very compelling and very interesting, and very filled with all the supernatural goodness that I think people really enjoy and love. But this episode revealed some very interesting Chester pieces, which I feel are not to be overlooked and play right into a a kind of beautiful narrative now at this point um, that I didn't even expect. I did not expect. Um, So let's, let's talk first about the tuberculosis episode. Or that part of the the show. So we know that there was a big epidemic. Um, it was hurt, not just hurting people, but honestly killing them. There isn't an acting doctor. And a couple of the our characters step up to the plate and try to do what they can to get in the middle of this, try to get people out to the hospital. They don't have medicines. I mean, there's all of that stuff kind of happening in the beginning. or I'm sorry, throughout the episode. But, you know, the interesting thing to me about this, that piece, is what it reveals about how far people are willing to go to sort of protect themselves and what that ultimately means. Um, And I don't know if you caught it, but there is a a small piece in here where it seems to me that there is a uh there's a part of amy that rises up and basically says okay whatever the consequences are i'm going to help these people because that's what needs to be done so whether major bowen is going to help or not I'm going to take charge of the situation. And I have to say that, you know, when I couple that with the kind of jeopardy that she would have been in, ultimately that was a very brave. What did you think about that?
1: No, I thought it was extremely brave.
0: And, and we know that part of this, I mean, it does not end well. Part of this is major Bowen's, it seems slip into something a bit more maddening than perhaps we expected because major Bowen has been so stalwart uh, and ultimately his decision-making never to me seemed like it was uh, set amidst the backdrop of uh, anything that didn't seem a hundred percent rational. I mean, I feel like actually major Bowen looks at the people in the Japanese internment camp sort of as his, not as children, but as his wards You know, um, like he feels like he's a bit more benevolent than perhaps he actually is, but I think that's what he feels. And so in this episode where he's having his conversations uh, with uh, Nakayama, what we come out with ultimately at the end is uh, something's really strange. Did you catch that?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, extremely
0: strange. And and what, what we're... What I think maybe ultimately sort of has the, the the upper hand here is the relationship between Bowen and the people in the internment camp, I think was sort of, it, it pivoted a bit. Uh, yes, of course, he wants to, to take care of everyone. And we saw the uh, the nurse in the hospital say, oh, isn't Major Bowen amazing? Because mm-hmm. see, through his benevolence, all of you were taken care of, when ultimately, uh, it actually wasn't that way at all. The underlying, it was Amy who sort of took control and got the ambulances there and got people uh, taken care of. So I feel like that was actually uh, a big revelation here. And what do you think about his behavior about major Bowen's behavior? Do you think that there is something
1: pre possession?
0: Mm, well, not pre Yeah, okay, go go with either. What, what did you think about the difference between how he was prepossession and how he is now?
1: I thought he was an asshole pre and post. Uh,
0: (laughs) I don't think too many people would disagree.
1: Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, you know, I mean, it's hard to say that any of them are decent human beings based on, you know, some of the things that they do and some of their actions, but, um, nah, you know, he, he, he's a jerk, you know? And, uh, I feel like um I don't know. I I you know I I feel like he, he's not one of the, he's not an awesome person. <laughs> not a guy. That's I guess that's the best way I could phrase it without you know.
0: You know, okay, so I I I I have this duality of understanding in the terror here about the nature of Yuko's ability to possess, okay? Mm -hmm. Because what I understood at the beginning was that perhaps Yuko could actually possess more than one person at a time. Right. That's what I believed. But now that doesn't seem to be bearing out. And in this episode, we watched a succession of people that Yuko possessed and then forced them to kill themselves in what it seems like is in it so that she could return back to her body. And I'm wondering if what is happening in this episode is, okay, this is post the, her world, her afterlife world crumbled. And so now we have, she doesn't have the ability now to possess more than one person or more than one person in a very rapid Because she doesn't have that afterworld harbor to go back to. She doesn't have a base of power. Now, everything has to be centered on the world that she's in, which is the world that Chester's in and everybody else. And so in order for her to escape, she can't go back to that world. She has to basically just possess a person, kill them, and then return back to her body. As in, like, that's the only way to do it. Did did you get any of that? Do you? I mean, maybe I'm seeing this all wrong, but I, I for the life of me, I feel like this was really different.
1: Yeah, it did seem different, and uh, um, I don't know. Like, I, 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 I definitely agree with you. Uh, the rules of what can be done and what can't be done. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I'm not quite uh, fully getting. Um, I don't know if it's that I'm just not paying attention enough, or or you know, am I slow or what? You know, like I don't, I don't always get it. But right. uh, so I just got to a point where I just just watch it, and uh, <laughs> like, I'm being really honest. Like I just, I just watch it and stop trying to, f- you know, figure that out.
0: It's uh, it's it's interesting to me that that this entire that the entire rules if you will or uh whatever you would like to call them the um the the guidelines for the mythology for the um for the afterlife piece do seem a bit shrouded in some pretty serious um like like a different kind of lore like there's the there's the lore that seems to control what she can and can't do but then there's also uh, the lore around sort of the the power that she's been able to somehow take for herself, which seems very different from what we saw earlier, which what when she was in her afterlife piece uh, when she was taken there, uh, because it, it doesn't seem like she is playing by those same rules. So uh, there are some interesting pieces here. I think, you know, in some ways I think I'm actually going to have to go back and watch this from the very beginning again once we're done because I know that there are a whole lot of little things that I missed m- not sort of like because they, you know, we weren't paying attention, but more because hindsight is 2020. And you can see things with a lot more clarity after you know sort of what the reveal is, and all of a sudden those things will make sense. And this is a pretty sweeping story, so there's a lot to take in.
1: No, yeah. so- no, no, I, I totally agree with you. And uh, I, I think that once again, I hate to keep beating a dead horse, but I think that's one of the reasons why there's you know there are some issues with with this season is for those reasons
0: yeah yeah um i i this is definitely not the storytelling for everyone uh, and and you know it, it seems to me just if I can go sort of off the rails a little bit here um more and more we are being treated to niche storytelling um and especially on a m c that doesn't necessarily cater to just one universal audience. And I'll use their big show as a, as an example, you know, the walking dead is it's, it's far more universal. There's a lot of attention drawn to the whole zombie apocalypse, the bigger world of the walking dead. It has a lot of power in terms of its narrative that really isn't necessarily, uh, necessary to break down season by season because the world of The walking dead has become so big Mm -hmm. but ultimately the shows that now are being showcased um and i'll use uh i'll use preacher as an example and we have the terror uh we had lead oh no legion was on fx uh we had there's a couple of others that i had come up with on uh on the, the on AMC that really seem to kind of speak to that. And what's happening is the the niche section of this storytelling, it, because it's not for everyone, it's difficult for everyone to sort of pick up and go, oh yeah, this is great. But for the people that enjoy it, it's not just great, it's awesome. And so mm-hmm. I, I feel like we're moving in sort of, a, 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 which is not to excuse anything that would be flagrantly bad storytelling or not being up to technical snuff or, you know, just not good production values, those kinds of things. Of course, there's no excuse for that. But the storytelling itself feels very, um, again, just sort of target marketed and there is, I did notice this even the last time with the terror, there is a group of people who will really enjoy this. And there's a group of people who will just dismiss it, not necessarily because it's not good storytelling, but because it isn't their cup of tea. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So in in a, in a similar way, I I'll use a, another example in a very similar way. You know, there is a universal appeal. I think that, Some of these stories have in terms of the wide breadth of their storytelling. And then there are the very channeled, very specific storytelling uh, seasons that, like the terror, become sort of a world unto themselves, but it's a very exclusive world. Now, what ultimately this means, though, is that the ratings just don't bear up. And so, I mean, I went and had a really in-depth look at where the ratings were, both from last season to this season, but then this season all together. And it's not great. It's not terrible, but it's not great. And I honestly, I, I don't know if it's because the staying power of the story is just a, it, like, it's just not as sticky as people would like, or if this is just to, I've had this thought several times or whether it's just too difficult right now because it really does feel like a bit of a slap of reality. That is the internment camps, the uh, the people being held w- and, and all of the sort of political stuff that goes into it and people reading in to the show something that obviously isn't it's not a mirror of today, but it is a mirror of things happening today that happened in the past, right? Do you know what I'm saying?
1: No, I, I give you I give you uh uh I give you uh, uh a lot of credit for that because uh yeah I, I think so many people just have a hard time understanding this season and Really what to make of it and stuff like that, and so um and and I hate that because this story is so
0: important, you know it definitely definitely the 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 other thing that that this show uh I think is the the important aspects of it that somehow get drowned out, and I don't think that it's intentional, but there is there's an overarching piece here, which is it doesn't feel to me like the show can decide whether it wants to put the importance on the supernatural or the importance on the historical drama. And while it can flip back and forth to some degree and be okay, it is difficult, I think for the viewer to be living in both narratives without sort of having them, feel so connected Uh, so the the Chester Yuko loose story that does feel very supernatural and you know so much has been revealed now the Japanese internment camp although these things have these parallel lines and, and connected lines too it doesn't feel like they necessarily are even in the same universe. And for a variety of reasons, that I think is sort of where the problem lies. We want to see what's happening in both worlds, but both worlds don't feel like they are as connected as maybe they should be. I don't know. What do you think?
1: I agree with you a hundred percent. And like I said, going back, you know, it's it's very disappointing because of the nature of it. I mean, I don't want to sound like a broken record. I mean, I, I probably sound like it at this point, but it just feels like maybe these two uh, these two stories should be separate. I mean, I, I mean, not separate, but in a different uh, showcase.
0: Well, I I don't necessarily think that that's true, but. Uh, and and i recognize you know that i'm not writing the show i you know i i give a lot of credit to these writers for doing exactly what they did which is making the best out of both of these environments and and putting the, them together in one series it's amazing it really is i mean hats off to them the first season of the terror also did something very similar What this show, however, sort of lacks from that perspective is we don't innately feel the sense of the quote unquote terror because we're not living in it as deeply, I think, as we were in the first season. So, you know, again, I don't want to make too many comparisons because I don't want to go off on that tangent. But it is important, I think, going forward to realize that shows like this are very, they're valuable. I mean, they are really valuable. There's also so many people who didn't even know that this was based on a real events. And that to me seems like just a crime. I mean, this is really important stuff. At the same time, the people who tune in to be entertained from the, Oh, it's going to be spooky and supernatural. I feel like they are sort of the ones who are in for the deepest disappointment because this, although it's very overt in places, especially in this past episode, what we see is this, it's a very shallow underside of supernatural storytelling. It's it, it where things are very clear, then we see them clear and we see the supernatural elements revealed the episode with Yuko and her backstory. Clearly everything there was supernatural and it, and it really was a pretty amazing episode. And I think that that's why people really loved it, but that's not sustainable in this kind of story because we don't have that kind of uh, it's, it isn't that story. It's not, this is not, Yuko's story this is Chester's story and because it's Chester's story although Yuko is a part of it Chester is not as far as we know supernatural and so even and and even if he were the we the audience are not led to believe that at this point so we don't know what is supposed to happen with him we can only see him through the lens of being a a normal person. And again, you know, if, if I go back to how this sort of all plays into niche storytelling, we have very interesting ideas and very fascinating ways of telling the story. But for whatever reason here, there is just a little bit of a disconnect. And I, I sense that based on the ratings and the social media stuff that I see, it isn't playing as well as the first season of The Terror. Again, because the backdrop just, it, it's not, I don't want to say it's not powerful enough because it's very powerful by itself. But where it ties into the story of Chester and Luce and Yuko, it doesn't feel like that is powerful enough. So it we definitely, in retrospect, I hope that this really sort of, Uh, serves as a, uh, not a cautionary tale, but as a a guide to going forward because I want more stories like this, but I think in order to get people fully committed, there needs to be some changes. So
1: Agreed, for sure, yes.
0: Okay, so um, let's go back to the episode because I'm I'm sorry about that rant, but I, I feel like that was important to sort of say at this point now in the series so that I could at least... Make sure that, you know, my feelings about what is happening here in the series overall, I'm still absolutely in love with this. I really do love it. Um, But I also realize and acknowledge that there are some problems. Okay, so let's talk about Chester and Luce. So Chester and Luce get back together because Chester escapes from the camp. Putting aside, for me anyway, how difficult it is for me. Well, I guess I'm going to couch this in uh, maybe a different way. Uh, On the one hand, it seems like since uh, Major Bowen is sort of out of the picture, maybe it would have been easier for this to happen. Uh, But then I flip over to the side of me that is like, okay, I realize that as an internment camp, maybe they don't have the strongest of security, but it feels like Chester escaped pretty easily. Did you, what
1: did yeah, you think? Yeah, that was kind of easy. And then uh, it's funny how they couldn't hit him at all. <laughs> but
0: uh, yeah. yeah, that's story logic. <laughs>
1: yeah. And then he survived that. Yeah. But I mean, you know, it's a movie TV show or whatever. So um, yeah, it was pretty simple and yeah.
0: So the, the the reveal, obviously, that Chester is not, that Chester is adopted, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. uh, and that Yuko is his mom, uh, and that he feels completely out of place in both worlds now. Uh, and I don't mean the afterlife world, I mean in the internment camp or outside, clearly. Um makes me think that they are setting Chester up for a really dramatic and big fall. Um, He is now an outcast in almost every place that he could have been included in. And because they're setting him up this way, it really feels like, uh, I personally don't think that Chester is going to survive In his current iteration, uh, toward the end of the series, at the end of the series, which I guess we'll find out soon. um, I I just think that they are setting him up to be uh, okay, your home is not where you think it is. Let me show you where your home is. And I'm really not sure exactly how they're going to do that, but it does feel to me like Chester doesn't have a whole lot of other paths forward. I know that Luce told him that he should stay. Um, but I, I gotta wonder if that's, is that sustainable? I, I don't, I just don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. The other thing is, uh, Taizo Chester has a twin. So what happened to that baby? And also, I, I'm sorry, writers, I love you, but that feels like a bit of a cheat. Uh, you showed us a whole bunch of information, and somehow you decided not to include that in Yuko's whole backstory? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that just... Uh, I, I, I love, you know, that that's sort of like what was going on. But, you know, why reveal everything else to us and not reveal that one part? I don't know. That just seems a bit of a cheat. Right. Um, but it was interesting. It's still interesting knowing that that component is out there. Because what does that mean? Does that mean that does it mean that there is something else out there for Chester or does it mean that, or does it portend something else? I, I don't know.
1: What did you think? Um, well, first of all, you know, it's a cheat, but you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. Uh, Wait, I'm sorry, say that the last part again.
0: Oh, what? Okay, so what did you make of, of the Chester is... Obviously, Chester has a twin, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, is it possible maybe that Yuko is not even looking for Chester, but maybe she's looking for Chester's twin? Uh, why in the world wouldn't the parents... Chester's parents that we know, why wouldn't they have taken in the twin too? And also you know, there's so many strange pieces that go along to this because we also know that Chester and Luce had twins, right? So that seems to be an important thematic element there. But what did you make of the the, the idea that Chester's twin um, what, what, what do you think that that means in terms of Both the tie-in with Yuko and what it means for Chester in terms of his own identity.
1: Um, I don't know. Like I felt like we probably should have seen this coming. Um, If you go back now and look at it, um, as as far as you know who he is and everything, Um, it makes sense to why things are happening the way they are for him. It gives that more of a um also. Um, you know that this is what tonight is the finale, right? Yeah. So you um, so you kind of know that there's gonna be uh, you know, they're gonna have to get you with a with a whammy, right? Right. And I guess that's the whammy. Um, I don't know. To be honest with you, I feel like I hate to say this. M- Tonight we're gonna get that those answers, and like I said, I'm kind of off base, not off base, but off kilter or to a, a bit to where I I just don't know, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing or what, um, but I really feel like tonight we're gonna find out. I,
0: I, you know, I I will I'll I'll comment on two separate things that you just Mm -hmm. talked to you on one is uh, after all of this uh, after everything that's happened in this season I don't think that we are going to have things wrapped up with a bow tonight
1: Mm -hmm. I agree Um,
0: and I feel like that might be intentional and by design because in a very similar way we left the terror last season with a very ambiguous ending as well and I, I in in some ways i think that that is the perfect horror ending right horror ending which i'm a little bit loath to even call the terror this season as horror but um, there is there's a, a sense of um things shouldn't be tied up and neatly uh resolved in horror stories because the the whole point of horror is it is sort of not nah, um, not non-ending uh it, it becomes cyclic there is always the potential for something to happen again it we shouldn't have super happy endings we should have some sense of here's where this story has ended but this is by no means the end of the story mm-hmm. uh, and, and i i i think that that actually works but, but here's my concern. But my concern is that that there is so much to tie up in this last episode that it almost doesn't feel fair to have built up so many other pieces of the story and not have some fairly deep resolutions being attached to them. Um, and, I, you know, I don't know how they're going to handle it, but Wow. Well, it, it just really feels like there's a, a lot to sort of get into here. I, I I sort of want to pivot just a little bit. So one of the things that is the most interesting to me about Chester and Luce's story is this sort of back and forth about how I think that they feel about each other and whether Luce is actually, does, does Luce actually care about, Chester the way that Chester seems to care about Luce? And is that, is that piece, that relationship piece, is that sort of important at all in terms of how Chester makes whatever decisions he's going to make tonight, uh, or in the last episode? Is, Is there something to be read into that? Because I kind of think that there is. It doesn't feel to me, it feels to me like Chester really cares about Luce, but almost as a responsibility and not necessarily as like, you know, you're my cherished one and only. Do you get that?
1: No, not at all.
0: Tell me not at all, which way? Like, are you saying that you don't think that that that's what it is or you think that is what it is?
1: No, I don't think that's what it is.
0: Okay. So, so what do you think that that actually means in terms of, I mean, obviously Chester wants to do what's best for Luce and Luce seems to want to be a part of Chester's life experience, I don't know.
1: <laughs> but,
0: but does it, but do you think that there's anything left after what they've been through?
1: And losing children and going, being stuck in a an internment camp together and having your family treat you a certain kind of way and, and all of that stuff. I mean, talking about strains on a relationship, right? Um, yeah. I, you know, how could any relationship, uh, you know, um, get beyond that. I mean, it's, a, it's amazing that, you know, that, that that's even a possibility. So I don't know, man. Um, I struggle to think like how it's going to end for them, you know? And I don't know how I even want it to. Maybe they're better off being apart.
0: See, this plays into the, my thinking about this, right? Because my thinking is that Chester ultimately doesn't belong in this world. My thinking is that Chester actually belongs with Yuko. Now, maybe not with Yuko, like together with Yuko, but my feeling is Chester actually belongs in Yuko's world. And that, and that, that is sort of the, um, this is what we're supposed to walk away from this with. Chester was never actually supposed to be a part of this world. Chester was always supposed to be a part of the afterlife with Yuko. Um, and i i'm i'm not exactly sure why i feel that way it just is sort of the that's where the narrative keeps bringing me back to like well okay so you know yugo gives up the baby maybe she didn't even think that she was giving up the right baby i don't know i i'm i there's something about this that just seems off in terms of where chester fits into everything what I what I liked about this episode was this idea that both Luz and Chester mm-hmm. seem so broken after all of these experiences that they simply don't have the capacity um, to. Uh, they just don't have the capacity to to pull together a. A resolution, a um, resolution isn't even the right word, a a, the ability to heal out of this. Like it's just so incredibly intertwined with things that they can't explain and don't have the capacity to understand that they really can't heal from it. And maybe the point of all of this is that both Luce and Chester get their happily ever after completely differently than we think that they will. I I don't know, but I feel like it was really important for us to see that the idea um, that that you, from Yuko's point of view, everything that she is experiencing, everything that she is supernaturally expressing outward, it, everything is all about family. Right. And, and uh, you know, oddly, I think Luce Luce's side of the story also sort of makes that very apparent too in a different way, but Luce's dad is like, you know, move on, go date this doctor, you know, go start your life all over again. And Luce's like, I just can't. I am just done. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. No, of course, yeah. She's she you know, and, and they got love for each other. You know, there's there's serious love.
0: I think that that well I guess I shouldn't say it because ultimately I think we'll just have to wait and see what happens at the end of this episode but I I do want to go back to uh to the episode that we're talking about and sort of expand on one more thing and that is there is a almost a meta narrative here Mm-hmm. that deals with human loss and suffering on both the very personal scale and on the societal scale. And how we react to loss and our own sense of suffering is very deeply rooted in both how we were raised and how we fundamentally understand the world around us. So Hugo's experience of loss is hellish it's it's awful and ultimately it cost her her life and now in the afterlife she while she seems very strong ultimately she's actually very weak because she just cannot she's obsessed she just cannot drop this at all right so i mean there's that that is sort of her manifestation
1: right
0: chester and Luce, their experience with loss both drives them apart and drives them together and if we think about Chester's loss, Chester not just only has lost children, but also lost a complete relationship with his parents as he understood it. Um, and what his parents lost, they've now lost Chester. I mean, so many pieces of this are so sad. And that if we move it out on a larger scale, you know, we have a, a society that has lost touch with the ability to see a group of people who are themselves, but and yet they are assigned the other. And so they have lost their moral compass as well. And I think we sort of see that in this episode with the soldiers who are like, uh, you know, Chester basically says, look, if you want to shoot a sergeant in the back, go ahead. And the soldiers even grapple with that a little bit. Because again, I think in some ways that was a very an easy way for us to see why this is so difficult because Chester isn't just one of them, he, meaning the Japanese, he is also one of them, meaning the soldiers and a part of the U.S. Army. Uh, th- there's some just some really interesting, overarching ideas that have gone on across this uh, season. And specifically, I feel like we're really drawn out in this episode in particular. So hats off to them. Yeah, kudos. Um, So I'm going to end this episode by saying I'm really interested, obviously, to know what happens tonight. And I'm a a little, uh, I'm approaching this with a bit of trepidation. I I hope that it's going to be amazing. And I feel like it probably will be, but I also feel like, you know, there's a, a sense of lowered expectations just in terms of how they're going to resolve all of these issues. I also really would like to call out in this particular episode how amazing the sound, again, and the camera work is. There were so many interesting sort of camera angles as they related to what was happening. There were unbelievable uses of light and you know the terror this season as in last season relies very heavily on filters and lighting as a way to indicate both mood and intent and i i I know it's hard to see when you're watching a show because you're not paying attention to that but when you go back and you look at each episode Each episode almost has a very unique set of lighting pieces, certain shots that it's all about the lighting. Uh, You know, what comes to mind specifically is um, when Chester's parents are dancing uh, to Duke Ellington and there are the lit walkways with all of the bright lights above. Right. Right. And, it both—it's an illuminating place. It, it's filled with light. It is—it's it, a, a little bit like dancing under the stars when the stars are obscured, and it—it it evokes this sense of levity. In a situation that has no levity attached to it, and so that to me is just—it's just one of the really awesome features that this uh, that this series has been able to capture when it comes to the outstanding use of lighting. I really encourage people to pay very close attention to that if you go back and watch the series again. So I, I, I'm sorry. I feel like I have talked this entire episode and not given you a whole lot of opportunity to talk. So, no, no, no. I mean,
1: uh, no, you, look, you've made uh, excellent points and uh, it's hard for me to, uh, to disagree with anything you've said um, tonight. It's going to be interesting how this is all going to play out. And, uh, you know, I'm just hoping for a really good ending to this, uh, this season.
0: So is, do you have any specific expectations about what might happen?
1: Uh, not really. I don't, I don't have any expectations. I'm, I'm trying to keep a clear mind and, and uh, you know, what, what happens, excuse me, uh, what happens, uh, you know, what happen, and hopefully it'll live up to what we, what we want. Uh,
0: ultimately, I, I think that one way or other, it it will, um, and again, you know, I think that there might be some interesting uh, ideas behind what we have seen so far and what it really means for Chester and Luce. I have a feeling that what we're going to see now is going to have a lot to do with, um, is going to have a lot to do with how we have perceived Chester and and Luce and Yuko up to this point in terms of whatever choices they make. So we'll see. We'll see. All right. All right. So, how can we get you on social media?
1: You get me at Kente F on Twitter and Kente Ferguson on Instagram. And indieradio.org is the website.
0: All right. And you can find me at uh, Following Bliss One on Twitter. And you can visit my websites at Critical Laughs.com and MoviesMakeTheMeal.com. Till next time, we'll talk soon.
1: Peace. Okay.